you are my reward. Oh, you're very sweet. It's time for the Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about art, science, and technology. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to succeed, to learn, and to listen to loud music. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hello, I am Rob Stenzinger. Hey, baby. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Nice. Do you want to hear a, uh, a like my take on the intro? Yeah. Not like it's not as awesome as yours, but like just like the piece of of uh, like the quick explainer. Do it. Uh, so I've been saying that. So Art and Science Punks is a podcast that I do with my wife, Kate Shield Stenzinger. Ah, man, I choked up on it now. All right. So, okay, but what our podcast is about is it's about uh, creativity and learning as individuals and as a couple and as a family and how our excitement for creating via art and science gets all wrapped up into that. Oh, I love this. Yeah. That's fantastic. There's something there. Maybe. There is something there. I'm going to have to now I'm going to have to revise the intro with I'm going to use that. Well, I've been describing and and explaining all my different projects a lot lately and that just kind of came up. That's fantastic. And I didn't have your intro handy, so that's So what you happened. did that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Hmm. Cool. So tonight we are going to chat I'm really, I'm kind of fired up. I'm really excited about this. We are going to talk about um, a month-long crazy endeavor that we just undertook. Okay. So what, what was this? <laughs> he says as though he didn't just live it, breathe it. and. Uh-huh. So we did a lot in October. We did right? a lot in October. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk about the Happy Halloween Make Extravaganza. <laughs> And I mean, so that makes it sound like it was so pre-planned, right? And then, know, then we had a party. <laughs> but we kind of did have, have a party, but I don't know if we did as much pre-planning. No, it was, this was like, rather spontaneous. This was a spontaneous um, project, I'll call it, that kept growing. It had hmm. a lot of scope creep. Yeah. And took a lot of our time um, and I would say most of it was enjoyable. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, let's see. I think that, no, I, I had a lot of fun with it. It just, it, I was surprised. I, I don't know. If, so wait, let's, let's, before we get into the, like how we felt about it and stuff, let's talk about what we did. Yeah, let's talk about what we did. So um, as everybody's aware, we have two kids and the kids kind of, you know, randomly picked their Halloween costumes and we like to dress up as grown-ups. We enjoy partaking in hol- Halloween festivities and we do have a number of events that we go to throughout the kind of Halloween season. So for us to have costumes is not uncommon. So we were talking about what we were going to be because um, the kids were kind of going in their own directions. And so we were brainstorming different lists of things. I actually came across the list the other night. Hmm. Um, I don't think I still have it. As a matter of fact, I think I came across it and I pitched it. Okay. (laughs) Um, But when we were brainstorming kind of categories or genres or areas of what we'd be interested in dressing up as. Okay. Well, I I remember that um, our our, our eldest kiddo wanted to be Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. And that turned out to be super unrealistically difficult for some reason it sounds tri- like trivial like almost like wow nice i mean a great idea for a costume super reasonable to um to execute but nope yeah and some of that was just her and her style she wanted the pre-made costume from the costume shop which we ordered and then it never materialized they took it off their website and they never mm-hmm. shipped it on their ship date so no idea what happened there but obviously, Carmen Sandiego, black turtleneck, black pants, black boots, red trench mm-hmm. coat. Like, we could have done that. Sure. Okay. And she right. was Right. Little... Could have kind of figured out the whole, um, I mean, where would you have gone then to get those components? Oh, I mean, please. I have like 7,000 of them saved. I had all sorts of places I could have gotten uh, them. Oh, okay. The hat was a little bit trickier, but sure. I could have found the hat online. Hmm. So, so that was kind of a um, monkey know, wrench yeah, for her. Yep. But with all that planning going on, we still were trying to figure out what we wanted to be. Yep. True. And how did you end up pitching like Splatoon Inklings? Like what was your inspiration for that? Well, so you, that's, that was a list I came across. Um, 
the other day, you and I had brainstormed a list of movies, video games that we were like, like universes that we thought would be good. And so it had, it had Splatoon, Mario Kart, Scott Pilgrim. There was a fourth one. I'm not remembering Hmm. on this list that we had brainstormed. And so I took that list and then just started doing kind of some searches. You know how I enjoy doing internet research in that way. So I'm looking at Pinterest. I'm looking at, you know, um, YouTube videos. And I think one of the things that happened is that I found a, a really cool YouTube video on the Inkling Boy hat and how to make that. Hmm. And I think that's one of the things that kind of really got me thinking about how this would come together. Yeah, because I uh, yeah I forgot about the earlier brainstorm. So I guess it, this did happen, sort of this incremental um, exploring. We weren't hyper-prescriptive where yeah. it was like, this is exactly the thing. But then, yeah, okay. So you found, like, yeah, just a lot of really good examples that made it seem... Doable. Yeah, doable. And it's that the whole, the aesthetic of that character from Splatoon, you know, you have this sort of hybrid squid humanoid person thing. Yep. And then, but so much of the... There's a lot established by the hat where you have the the color of the ink yeah. hair plus the the uh, squid tentacles coming off of it. And it goes a long way. Where yeah, it's it almost does. like a one prop costume. Yeah, I mean, could be. It gives you it definitely gives you a feel for it. Yeah. Um, but, but we didn't stop there. <laughs> true. True, true. So we decided we were going to be inklings from the video game Splatoon, which is a uh, Nintendo Switch game. Mm-hmm. It came out actually on the. I think you found so many examples because that's been out for right. maybe four or five years. Yep. Because it was Splatoon One was on the Wii U, and um, you know got a huge fan community and people were already cosplaying and stuff. So, yeah. So I think it's had a, the benefit of just lots of people trying that stuff, so which yeah. made made for rich research. Absolutely. And if you're not familiar with the game, um, the main component of the game is two teams of four, kind of online play, um, are on a, on a stage or on a level, and they are each trying to paint um, with the, their color of paint to cover the most amount of territory. And there's a, you know, it's a short, like, three-minute round. Mm-hmm. And people have um, paint guns. They have giant rollers, giant paintbrushes. Buckets. Buckets. Yeah, you could just be throwing buckets of paint. Yeah, and even things that sort of um, like bubble blowers and bubble wands and other odd things too, yeah. So that's kind of the the concept of the game. And so we set off to make – so I found this directions on how to make the Inkling Boy hat because the Inkling Boys and the Inkling Girls um, have different styles to them Mm. in the character design. So um, I had figured out – you know, some different ways to make both hats as a starting point, which again, we are in a very cold climate and being in Minnesota. And so having a Halloween costume that includes a fleece hat um, is like a bonus because (laughs) it's usually cold. And if you're going to go out trick or treating, um, you're, you're covered. It's funny that it really is frequently cold. Yeah. On Halloween, it's yeah. like you always hope that it that you're not going to have to account for this. Like when you're planning your costume, typically the weather hasn't totally transformed yet. Right. But by the time you're you know you're going to need to wear that thing, uh, like you could you can be uh, walking around uh, outside on Halloween when it's maybe cold enough to be snowing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And or worse, um, because I think it was actually well below freezing when we. We're, we're out this year. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah, I yeah. think it was. I think it was in the but 20s. We, it just didn't happen to be snowing also. Yeah. So. So we decided and, and we started um, getting our fleece in order, in order. And it was about this time that the kids were, hey, wait, what are you doing? And right. that was, it was once we started to kind of assemble the different um, – kind of parts of what would be in the costume that mm-hmm. they came around and suddenly wanted to ditch their, uh, well, again, our oldest had the, the trouble with Carmen San Diego costume never shipped. Um, so that was painful. Um, but then they, they both kind of just decided that they didn't want to do that. And what I loved about that is then, well, a, I like it when we dress like, like a team 
because I'm a, I'm a super geek that way. And then, but the other thing was is that it wasn't going to the store and buying the costume, you know, just kind of pre-made costume. It was really creating our own. So we looked at a lot of game images. We made you play Splatoon so we could look at different costume design. We would, you know, um, looked online and that kind of thing and really came up with how we wanted that to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so, I mean, one of the choices early on is that we knew one of the gatherings was going to be, well, at a school. Mm-hmm. So uh, having anything that resembled like a squirt gun or whatnot was out the window. That was a no-go, yep. And so we just gravitated toward the uh, the brush style thing and a paint roller. And this is sort of cartoonishly, comically large, Giant. exaggerated. Yeah, like this is not like something you would uses a hand tool at the it's it's meant to be sort of um you know as big as a i don't know if you're going into battle with a pole arm or something like that that's it's that it's that kind of thing yeah. except it's paint and it's you know it's it's spreading colors not um not a, the um appendages of your foe fo- littering the <laughs> battlefield so, um, anyway, but right. There was that, the, the, all of a sudden a corner was turned yeah. and now it was like, well, instead of two costumes, we're going for four and, uh, which is part exciting and all of a sudden huge scope change. Yeah. Scope change. And our kids are also at an age and a stage where their favorite colors are very important to them. So, um, looking back, like one thing that I would change is we were each a different color cause that way everybody could have their favorite color. Um, and I think looking back, it would have been more fun for us to be a team of four, like all the same color. Like Could have just gone have, even deeper on the theme. Yeah. like We're not just all four you know, uh, inkling characters. We are a team. That's right. Yeah. And then you know what would have been really fun is to take like white cardboard and put like um, our, um, what's your name called when you're playing? Oh, your handle. Your handle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Couldn't think of the word. But like, right, like, you know how it, like it lights up the handle above their head <laughs> sure. at the very beginning. Okay. Well, I'm not, that's nice, but uh, I, I am super thankful we were able to finish I know. what we, we did we, in time. And we did. Okay. So we made the hats. We talked about that. We made the hats. There was a lot of prototyping that happened with the hats. As a matter of fact, my, the first hat was not at all the right kind of shape. I had gotten a, somewhat of a pattern off the internet that just just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Was It was a little small, right? It was a little small and like the inkling kind of long tentacles, if you will, um, on, that hang down on the girl inkling's hat just weren't quite the right shape once mm-hmm. I got it sewed up. And that could have just been the way I sew, right? Like, hmm, maybe I did this wrong, but revise that pattern quite a bit. So a lot mm-hmm. of prototyping happening and um that was interesting process to kind mm-hmm. of go through. Yeah, that was that was fun. I um you know, got to I, I was more of the on the consumer side of that, not the creator side. But yeah. uh uh seeing that come together again, it was almost it's it's such a strong key component to the costume yeah. and and those cat those hats turned out really well yeah they did well and we'll post pictures um if you actually we have posted some on instagram so you mm-hmm. might have seen um i think it was even i had done one with the hats um partially yeah. made right um so anyway that was cool but i want to talk about the props i want to talk okay. a little bit about the props because sure. um we did a lot of sewing and other things um i did but you did a ton of work on the props and it was yeah so and it's uh, to complete the costumes besides whatever the clothing was um you know you've got the hat and the clothing but then essentially your paintbrush and your ink tank so that made for four ink tanks and then two different brushes and then two different rollers mm-hmm. and uh that was that I had no idea exactly how I was going to pull that off I mean you had you found some inspiration on Yep, like you um, mentioned before, there was a lot of people through the last five years mm-hmm. that have cosplayed, you know, this and and had built these types of props. So, yeah, um, with varying degrees of, um, kind of how they did it. Sure. Yeah. There's, I mean, it really depends. If you look at you look at the design of uh, stuff in the game, the game has sort of different pretend like manufacturing 
companies that each has their own sort of aesthetic for the kinds of um, the the paint implements that they make. And, you know, so some have more little doodads hanging off. Some are um, thicker, some are thinner, some are, yeah, just yeah. different little aesthetic choices. But then there were some common things where, I mean, the idea is that somehow ink flows right from the some sort of reservoir on that thing into the the brush or the roller. And so that was one thing I noticed that the designs I was looking at online, they, they weren't doing. Where I think it makes sense because structurally you have to somehow have a brush or a paint roller hanging off of a, you know, instead of like a sturdy pole, you have it hanging off of a tank. So it's yeah. just so it looks a little more convincing. Yep. Right. And you know, we're not exactly running, you know, wet a prop, you know, department. prop department here or whatever. We, we have just. I don't know, a, uh, a couple printouts from Pinterest and... And a uh, hot glue gun. Hot glue, <laughs> yep. A uh, trip to the dollar store. That was an adventure. Opportunistically saying like, well, how do we get close to some of these things with what we're finding? And uh, yeah, and also a trip between trip to the dollar store and Home Depot. We got really far. Yeah, we did. Uh, the we, we lucked out in the sort of finding these mini mops at the dollar store that, that got us a long way. And, and, and for $1 each, we have handles for each of our implements. And then that gave the base actually for the brushy style, um, props. Yeah. And then a little bit of your, um, so it's not felt it's, um, fleece. Yep. So that fleece that you, you, you had uh, enough of supply of that where I was able to work that into the props which I think made it more convincing. Totally, because it just really matched the color and pulled that through. And you had some really kind of cool swirl design where it looked like it was paint dripping off. Oh, thanks. It's, uh, and yeah, so that was just about cutting it in a wavy pattern and layering a few different um, applications of uh, fleece. So let me ask this. Have you made props like this before for either Halloween or any other Costume? I think over over the years, I have done a little bit of, um, you know, prop construction, makeshift things yeah. here and there. But it's not like uh, something I do consistently or frequently. Yeah, because I, I have not to this extent, you know what I mean? I think we've, you know, made a few things here and there, but to this extent. Yeah, no, I mean, it was this was a big... Uh, and that's why we wanted to podcast a, about it. Yeah, it was I mean, fun and it was different. I couldn't even tell you, like, why did it seem reasonable to commit to all that? I don't know, especially with everything we had going on this month. Uh, we spent a lot of late nights just hot gluing and sewing and painting mm-hmm. and and uh, and let's. I'm trying to think. So the the what else came of the so the brushes, the rollers, the uh, the yeah. I guess we're gonna take a look back at like what we thought worked and, and could go better and stuff. But what else was there? Yeah, let's talk those... about that. Okay. What well, do you... the sessions, I think. It was one of those things where we never got into a huge panic about it. No. But it was a little bit of an uh-oh. Like, there's way more to do here than... Well, I kept thinking I was done, and then I would remember, oh, I haven't done this yet, or I didn't finish that. and. Well, for you, I mean, you had the um, two... Three different T-shirts of two different designs yep. plus a hat that was another hat, right? Yeah. That went on top of the Inkling hat. Yeah, so like a trucker hat. Yeah, there you go. It was a trucker hat. And so like there was always more there. And then for me, it was the – I didn't um, – I was experimenting as I went. So I made I made one brush and one paint roller. And then – but I w- as I was figuring out the, that, mm-hmm. that first one – there was a lot of experiment and and exploring. I made one ink tank before I was yeah. confident I had figured out a pattern to make the ink tanks. And so the, each the, of the first ones of those three different objects, that took a way more nights than I expected. So that was, um, <clears throat> and but I was pretty confident that doing them again wouldn't be as long. Right. And that, that did pan out because part of it was working with different tools um, I ended up not going like tool crazy, but I did need mm-hmm. to, I picked up a, like a heavy duty 
sharp scissors yeah. that saved me, I, I think. That thing was a workhorse. Just a pair of scissors, but heavy duty. Yeah. And so I was able to cut through plastic and the, the different, you know, the construction paper and, and uh, duct tape quite, quite easily with that thing. Now, I don't remember, but did you have any components that you just had to completely scrap and start again? Like I did with my hat, like my hmm. first hat part, like once it was sewn up, I could tell right away. It just was not going to, it was not the right shape. I think I didn't quite have that because I would try stuff that it was seem it, it, it was obvious or not if it was going to work. Like, so like the, uh-huh. the difference, like for instance, instance, if you stack uh, sections of plastic doodads that ended up making the tank. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would stack them without connecting yeah, them, but without hot glue or anything. Yeah. And then I would see like, oh, this will work. This wouldn't work. Or this is kind of boring. And then I saw that there was an extra, because we ended up buying plastic pitchers and a couple other plastic instruments, yeah. like, um, like a water pitcher kind of thing. And I, was, I just left the lid as like I didn't need it. But then I kind of looked at, that makes a really interesting bottom to these tanks. Uh-huh. So, all right. Yay. Added that. So it, I, I was able to do those little trial and error things without having to finish something to then scrap. Start, uh, yeah. And, but it, I mean, it, it could have gone that way pretty easily. That first tank, especially. Because like, how do I get the ink to be somewhat convincing inside the tank? Mm-hmm. Or at least... You know, um, thematically not confusing, right? right. Like, what is right. that? what's that thing on your back where it's like, no, it's 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 got this wavy look to the ink and stuff, and yeah, yeah. Um, and that's funny too. I'll I'm going to jump to the end a little bit, and then we can come back and talk about a couple okay. of the things that we were did with the make. But when we were out and about in our um, inkling costumes. I thought it was really funny, particularly the party we went to at the school. So we went to an elementary school Halloween party. So lots and lots of elementary school kids. And um, there were a no- number of people that walked up and asked, mm-hmm. who are you? Tell us about this. Because we had, you know, some these giant prop props, you know, mm-hmm. walking through the hallway. Um, but my other favorite thing was just some of the kids would walk by and you'd go, you'd hear, oh, Splatoon. <laughs> like they sure. would get it, you know? Yeah. Like they'd kind of be staring at you and then they would suddenly get it. That was fun. <laughs> sure. Because it's kind of, I suppose, the, the kiddos might have been the height they would expect, but then a couple of adults being like, what? The, yeah. <laughs> but I think it was pretty convincing. So it was neat. It was, yeah, that was getting all those, the, the looks and the chats with the adults and all that yeah. stuff. It was really fun. So what are two things that you learned from that? extravaganza Hmm. project well i learned that how do i say this the that trial and error approach yeah uh either i have i I just feel lucky right that it that it worked out and uh yeah that's cool there's i mean because it was kind of i mean there's a lot of a lot of guessing because we there wasn't like a, a really strong, totally cut and dried, simple recipe for no, there was not, especially those ink tanks. So it was kind of a I think I've got, and so I would have options, and then I just I'd, um, so I feel that it was a like having a, a decent idea of, of what the outcome would be kind of like, but not hyper prescriptive, but then also having steps and stages with options along the way to test nice. out ideas. Nice. Like I feel like that worked really well. You know, we did that too on the um, inkling hats, actually the, the kids and I did where I took a sample piece of each of the um, fleece fabrics. Mm-hmm. And then, cause we had to use um, some t-shirt paint to paint little circles mm. On. And so, and there was some question as to what color to make those, right. and to kind of how to add that just visually interesting piece. Like how and, much contrast would you yeah. want with the compared to your base color? Yeah, and I remember you and how shiny or not. Yeah, one, one of them was a little iridescent, and one of them had some glitter to it, just mm-hmm. because they were, um, in many cases, matching the color. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, you did some tests with yeah, that too. Yeah, so we. 
and those would have to dry because they would dry very differently. And so the girls and I would put a bunch of circles on. We're the, so lucky we started early on this because I'm also <laughs> remembering that like some of those paints didn't dry for days. The, the first one I did, I don't know, it was I followed the instructions on the paint and it mm-hmm. was so thick. And it said on it, it was hysterical. It said, dry to the touch in four hours and you can wash the garment within 24 hours. And I'm telling you, three days Mm-mm. later, it was still just a pile of paint. <laughs> but then we had, once I got it kind of figured out, I had to ruin a paintbrush basically to make it work. And Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I so some, some supplies got uh, sacrificed. Yeah. What about uh, so? What was the th- what was what you really liked about the process? Um, I liked well, and I think I said this at the beginning too. I I liked that we were making something mm. and not kind of just grabbing something off the shelf. And I'm not even sure why because I don't mind that either. No. You know, sometimes from we've year done to plenty year, of that. We've done plenty of that, but I really I really enjoyed that. I really found some. Um, some pride and some satisfaction in, you know, having, having made all of these different parts and pieces and kind of pulled it together. Um, so that's kind of one big thing. Hmm. Um, what, uh, is there something you would do different? Yes. Uh, I would do all the same color. Yes. I would do that different. I would, um, well, I think I got the pattern on the hats figured out, but um, I still struggled getting like the right sizes. So I would maybe make the hats just a little bit bigger. I felt like my hat was pretty snug. Mm, um, yeah, I could see that. So that'd be nice. I would make the hats a little bit bigger just from a sizing perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that just has to do with, you know, sewing and seam allowance and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I also just felt really. Um, excited and energized to be trying new things. Hmm. You know what I mean? It was like having a project to kind of force um, some skills. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of an uh, adaptation going on. That's yeah. for sure. What about you? What was kind of the big um, aha or learning? or? Hmm. Uh, let's see. What did I learn? That, uh, let's see. It's that somehow there was that this was simultaneously unreasonable yet also reasonable enough (laughs) where um, the combination of of having some flexible options and time for it to play out. But that was big. Like this would have gone really terribly if we had even half the amount of time. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't have gotten Um, we wouldn't have gotten things done. Yeah. And so I just. I don't know, like learning some sometimes learning means realizing when things when things worked and being like oh i'm really glad for that yeah. and uh i would want to carry that with me for to, for the next next time we do this kind of thing that's great um, also i i've really learned a fresh appreciation for for duct tape yeah there was a lot of duct tape and a lot of a lot of duct tape and a lot of hot glue yeah so the let's see i learned that um the like colored duct tape is a fine medium. Like yeah. it's, you can solve a lot of problems with it. It can be structural. It can be decorative. And, uh, I, I mean, I was able to do so much of the connecting work with that, with, uh, with colored duct tape and also just, um, a little bit of the transforming the, the style of something. Like I, I connected oh, a, yeah. like a, a tank of, 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 um, an empty bubble bottle. Right. Yeah. And that that was like the ink reservoir on the actual props, and I, I just covered it in the duct tape that it was meant to pair with for the, for that color, and uh, so I just so versatile. Um, let's see. And I also didn't. I was kind of surprised we found the colors we needed. Yeah, that was interesting too. But I haven't followed kind of the whole duct tape community because I know there's a lot of different. On the side, I learned a little bit. There was a kind of a um, kind of a gig I had through my employer a few years back, where um, just you know, a marketing firm hired by someone who makes duct tape, and uh, yep, it's a whole well, world. It's a whole, it's a whole world. Yeah. It's yeah, 
the, where people are making duct There's tape a community uh, dresses, duct tape uh, wallets, duct tape. You know. Are you making me a dress? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not not making you a dress. Wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm well, not making you a dress. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know. But at the same, I don't know if you needed me to. I think I I could muddle through that. I, I don't know that I need a duct tape dress. Hmm. But we did have some really pretty colors in our, of our duct tape. So. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. All right, what part of the process did you just not like at all? Or what did you build or what did I build that you just did not like at all? What didn't I like? Uh, well, I think things I, like the, the ink tanks I, I'm satisfied with, but I know could be better. Uh-huh. And that was, um, uh, so that was, that was okay. As far as someone I didn't like was, well, honestly, I had another project I wanted to get done. And so this oh, ate up. Yeah, this did take up. The, the, you know, it was, it was a evenings and weekends kind of thing. And. I had a different project I wanted to get farther with, which was my Halloween tree. Yeah. And I made some progress on that, but it it needed to be set aside. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. uh, (laughs) And then we used it a little bit as a background decoration for by our doorway, and it got dinged up, too, which is... Yeah, it wasn't as sturdy. I thought it was going to be a little more sturdy, but... Yeah, I um, thought so, too. But it wasn't... I I sort of... uh, I, I knew it it needs more work, right? It needs, it needs more structural work and it certainly needs a lot more, uh, of the aesthetic and, and, uh, and tree layering. But the idea of the Halloween tree is that in a nutshell, um, uh, I, I assembled some furniture recently and then had all this extra cardboard and, and, and looking at it. Um, and then also having in my, in, in the back of my mind, I wanted to do some kind of Halloween interactive thing. And I was thinking, Oh, I'd project something on the garage door or whatever. But, all of a sudden this stack of cardboard kind of <laughs> spoke to me. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, this kind of looks like I, I can make a tree out of it or whatever. Anyway. And I got the, the core of it, you know, uh, built and, and I navigated where, Oh, am I going to make it into a puppety thing or is it going to be like, will it hold a screen, yep. put a screen in kind of the sort of knot hole in the middle of the, the twisted trunk, all that. Uh, Got a lot of the structure there, but and um, and even part of the electronics, you know, uh, moved out. along. But yeah, just just not quite able to, you know, continue that same process that we'd use with the props. Which I mean, I have a lot of stuff to figure out with that yeah. thing, and but it just takes some some time and experiments. That's true. So honestly, that's my only big, you know, wish it went differently thing. Yeah, is that uh, Halloween tree is now. It's around, but it, I didn't get, I didn't finish it. Right. It's so it has a, to It doesn't do the else. things that we want it to do. Yeah. Nope. Just sits there and scares us. <laughs> yeah. Coming into a dark room with the Halloween tree. Yeah. Gives you, yeah. I mean, it's kind of doing its job. I so. suppose, but now, you know, you? the Halloween has passed, so... Now it's got to be morphed into some other kind oh, right? of Right. I was going to put lights on it for solstice. <laughs> Which, maybe, maybe. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I suppose it still would be, uh, what is it? Is it a deciduous tree because it loses the leaves, right? Or is it versus a... Coniferous? Yeah. Carnivore? <laughs> I think it's a carnivore tree. Did you see the teeth on it? It does look like a car. Well, it's because... Yeah, everything I draw has a little metal edge to it. Just a little. Just a little? Yeah. So, all right. What about you? Is there something that you wish went differently? Um, Not really. Like, I had a ton of fun. Uh, I was a little uh, sleep-deprived a few days just from Mm. staying up late working on things. I learned a lot. I really learned a lot. I learned a lot about the silhouette cutter because we did some of that work. Right. Um, I sewed some things. I sewed a, a box pleated skirt that had something I hadn't done in the before. So that's wild. Yeah, it was fun. And you made a tie also. Yeah, I made like a, a tie. I've never done that before. A vel- Velcro tie. 
Velcro fly? Yeah, I was thinking that. ZZ Top popped in my head instantly. I wondered. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that too, that was another one that I did. The first one I did was like, oh, nope, this is be a no-go. It was like the total wrong shape, the wrong size. So then I went back to the original pattern and changed it, modified it, altered it as best I could. So you learned, I mean, have you been that skilled at modifying patterns before? Because you did a lot of modifying I patterns. I did do a lot of modifying patterns. I had to take a couple deep breaths, you know, because mm-hmm. some of it was um, using some sketching skills. Mm-hmm. And I always, you know how that makes me nervous. I'm aware. Yeah. But you did it. I did it, and it was fun, and it was fun. So, yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. So, who knows? Next year, maybe? Well, next year we're going to make our decision as early, if not earlier, and then figure out from there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We, yeah, absolutely. We, the time frame, yeah, I would not wish a shorter time frame on anyone doing all that stuff. Okay, so I have one more question for you, and then we'll move into picks. Okay. What is your expectation or plan for the props now? <laughs> oh, I don't think everyone takes one and then just puts it under their pillow. Nice. Yeah. This prop, this this prop. Um, I spent so much time on it. They need to. Uh, is the prop fairy going to come then? If it's under sure. my pillow. If it's under your pillow, yeah. The prop fairy, prop fairy shows up and um, I don't know, takes it to a dinner theater. <laughs> you get. Is it, is it going to leave me some money? Maybe. Because then maybe I'm just, all in. Maybe just a coupon. Just a coupon. The prop fairy leaves me a coupon. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's fun. All right. It was. It's been a great. It's been a great, and I love Halloween. It's one of my favorite holidays, anyway. So I hope you're that not we, alone. Halloween is a huge industry. Yeah. I don't know how many billions of it was this year or whatever, but I've done plenty of uh, day job research related to uh, Halloween and whatnot. Yeah, and it's uh, yep, it's like multiple billions. Couple for uh, candy. Couple for costumes. Couple for you know. Yeah, just, yeah. Yep. It is. It's a huge um, industry. Props, but I hope. I hope we do, um, you know, another make project mm. in the future. Whether it's maybe next year, it's not on the costumes. Maybe next year, it's on the installation. But that we that have, would be fun. But we have another make project because I really enjoyed that. All right, we'll see what happens then next year. Awesome. And, all right. And all right. Uh, let's do some picks. Hopefully, we'll have a, a, a an update on the the solstice Halloween tree. The solstice Halloween tree. You want to know what's funny? Because huh. I was just thinking about it. It's going to be a Valentine tree because I'm going to carve my initials in it with your initials oh. in the little heart. It's well. It's what that's funny. It's like, <laughs> it's like we're like a family with our pet prop now. That's right. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of things. Who knows? That's a lot of ambitions. I need to get. I need to move that project along. Okay, I'm ready for picks. Awesome. Do you have an art pick for us this evening? I do. And it's Yay. it's like, if anyone follows me anywhere online, it's going to be an obvious one. Oh, good. My art pick is Art Sound Off. Yay! <laughs> so Art Sound Off is a creative challenge that, uh, that I started with Jersey Drozd. Because, I mean, we both have these journal podcasts and we, we want to do more of it at, and at different times, right? So yeah. one of those things where a creative challenge is almost like careful what you wish for because now you'll have way more of it and the idea is every day for the month of month of november uh record a reflection about your art and uh share it but that's like the super simple old version of art sound off we did some updates to it this oh, year cool. with some fresh prompts they're really um flexible uh concise approachable and one of those things where it's all summarized on like an instagrammable post too like all the other cool art challenges nowadays and you don't even like you don't have to share it you can just uh practice the journaling and uh whatever whatever works for you and in whatever venue we're just encouraging the idea of journaling and uh thinking about your process and really um what i've always found fascinating about art sound off is it's really encouraging people to record something, to sit down and record something and share it. And, you know, obviously if they don't want to share it publicly, they can, you know, share it with a friend. But mm-hmm. um, what a what a cool um, kind of medium to challenge people to explore. 
I mean, it, it affects you when you're um, needing to describe, put into words some thoughts you have about making a thing. Now, you're 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 building a skill and a practice that I think is applicable for a variety of things, which can be presenting your work, selling your work. Um, presenting or teaching in general, yes. and it's and it's it's um, you know it feeds in. It, it's a it's a help, helpful feedback loop thing because it's a it's a particular kind of journaling where you know taking a look deeper at something and then uh, you know just capturing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, the art sound off. Uh, you can learn more about it or even participate, jump on in, follow along, whatever works for you. It's uh, all sorts of details about that at artsoundoff.com or search for the Art Sound Off hashtag on your favorite uh, social platform. Nice. That's a great one. Thanks. Yep. I'm, of course, I'm participating this year and uh, I'm doing some of the prompts, but then also using it as a little bit of a chance to, to talk about topics that I have, I have not been consistent about reaching out and talking about. So things like, uh, consent, I've, I started a series of posts last year called uh, user experience for all. Oh yeah. So I'm continuing that series and, uh, that's, uh, it's been, it's been fun. So it's a, uh, it's like an excuse to, I mean, it's a challenge, right? It's like, yeah. well, maybe I would work on something else during this piece of time, but, it, but, uh, purposefully this month it's it's like i'm putting this in in the way and it's 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 helping me do some stuff i've been meaning to do that's wonderful i love it so um and of course this podcast was born from art sound off that's right three years ago Mm -hmm. we were born out of art sound off so you threw a challenge down in my face (laughs) and we did this once yeah this was one of the things it it was an experiment once a week let's try this thing and and uh then we continued on. We sure have. That's fascinating. So you you have a pick. I do have a pick. I have a science pick tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and my science pick is related to, again, where we live and the time of year that we have. My science pick is um, how is um, snow made? And I don't mean snow that falls from the sky. That's fascinating too. But how is like the artificial snow made? So here in Minnesota where I work during my day job, I can actually see a ski hill from our building. Hmm. And they have been making snow for like a week and a half. And just shoot. And then we don't have any snow here. There's no snow on the ground. So it's just, it's very, um, it's a little fascinating, a little bizarre to be walking, you know, walking around the floor and look out the window and off in the distance where this ski hill is that we can see, it looks like there's a blizzard going on because they've got, and they call them the snow guns, they've got all their snow guns on. And they're laying down basically um, kind of a base layer of snow for the for the ski hill. Within that, my understanding was um, with plans to open this past weekend, which will be the earliest kind of in many, many years that they've opened. Um, so I, I will put a link to it. Um, there's obviously a couple of different, um, articles that you can find out there as to kind of how is that made, but it was really fascinating to me because it talks about how, when, you know, snow falls from the sky, um, for people that don't know, that's where snow comes from. Um, but that it's, you know, I used to think it was just the, the cloud gets cold and as the precipitation is kind of falling, it's cold and it freezes, but there's a lot of talk about it. The crystal forms basically like on a particle of dust. Mm-hmm. So now I kind of feel like snow is just a whole bunch of dust falling from the sky. Sure. You're eating dirt. All the time. All that. Yeah. All the time. At any rate. Stick so, your tongue out, catch a snowflake. <laughs> may as well lick the floor. <laughs> it always seems so pure, you know? <laughs> so clean and so pure when it's falling from the sky. Yeah. Well, Those beautiful crystals that have formed. I didn't know they were forming around basically a part, particle of dust. I know. Isn't it funny? That, now I that, learned science, ruining so, things for me. So you're saying that, that a cloud catches a cold, coughs up dust. <laughs> Did I catch that? And then we roll it into balls and make it a snow person. 
<laughs> sure. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I'd still catch, I mean, what are you going to do? There's, oh, I know. there's dust in the air. You're breathing all sorts right. of things. Yeah. Um, so with the, with, when they make snow through these snow guns, they actually kind of have to inject, um, this kind of particle piece into, you know, the, the nozzle that also hmm. has, um, you know, water and shooting through it. Hmm. And so there's a couple different ways they can do that. And I'm not going to explain it because, to be honest, I don't fully fully understand it. But um, there's like a bacteria that they use, like that they can use for this kind of a thing. And then there's other um, components that they use and um, to kind of lay down that and to get the best ice crystal. Yeah. So they'll, they'll like throw bacteria yeah. really fast into a thing. Huh. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, there's a couple of them and uh, a couple different kinds. In Snowmax, uh, I know, isn't that fun? Um, freeze-dried protein powder gets mixed into it. <laughs> so you could be skiing and getting all buff, gobbling that snow as you ski. So Snowmax derives its nucleating ability, that's the ability to kind of form the crystal, uh-huh. um, from oh, Pseudomonas syringe a bacterium commonly found on agricultural crops and other plants as well as in the atmosphere it has a powerful nucleating protein in its cell structure which is why it creates an icy sphere um to make the snow form so it's like okay so it's making little little buff snow flakes super buff super buff ripped yeah and they're not, it's not the kind of bacterium that's going to make you sick. It just is, you know, the component used. And then there's other kinds as well. I'm not going to, like I said. Okay. But it's cool. And I think it's cool that they can do that. And the other thing that if you look, and I'll find the link to the other one as well, to another article as well, is um, this has commonly been done for the Olympics. So there's a couple of different times in the Olympics where it wasn't cold enough or there wasn't enough snow kind of wherever the Winter Olympics was going to be. And so a lot of time is spent uh, making snow and trying to find the best technology to make the snow. Hmm. I suppose. I mean, that probably it, it drove some invention. I wouldn't, I, I would bet. I'm curious though. Like, so how much does it cost? I have no idea. Like if we wanted to just make a snow machine, make a snow fort. I don't know. With the snow thing. Huh. I'll, have to, I'll look up a snow gun and see if I can find a, a price on it. Yeah. Cause it, is it sort of like, Oh, it costs five bucks an hour to run the snow thing, or it's like you know a thousand bucks per inch of snow on the mountain, or I don't. Know, I wonder. Yeah, right? No, you have to. You buy a snow gun. Sure, you buy a snow gun, and then you, you don't rent one, right? Okay. I don't. Well, I guess I could check. Do you need a license for a snow gun? Probably not. Mm. So here's something else fascinating, though, about this whole process yeah. is that now they are using these snow makers and snow machines um, for in movies. Right, so if they want to have a movie, oh, because then they just use like gross stuff, just sort of drop paper on people and stuff. So that's funny you say that because there, um, this article again that we'll link to talks about the different things that have been used for fake fake film snow, mm-hmm. um, cornflakes painted white <laughs> is an oh. early example. Wow, um, that crunchy snow flan- stand-in faded quickly. Because of, you know, walking on cornflakes. Um, firefighting foam, instant potato flakes, and flour have all been used in film. <laughs> Marble dust was famously used in Dr. Zhivago. Um, but paper is the most popular thing that is used. Okay. Um, and they talk about how, you know, a wide variety of thickness, textures, and grain sizes can create a gentle dusting or knee-deep drift. And it says the paper snow comes packaged in bales, which are blown through a specialized hose um, that lightly dampens the paper to help it stick to things so that it's really going to look like snow. Hmm. So, yes, paper, you're, you're very wise. Paper is one of the things that's commonly used. <laughs> sure. I don't think it's wisdom. I think I saw that on a, you know, you, you get to a movie a little too soon and you, you get trivia you didn't ask for. Oh, but. yes. Here it is anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just funny that that's actually also in this article that I was reading about um, when I was trying to figure out how the snowmaker was working um, outside my office. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, uh, that sounds, yeah, they are neat machines. Uh, and that's, that's a really fun. 
I'm not break. enough a, of a um, skier or snowboarder to to know this, but I wonder if it's if it's is it good to ski and snowboard on? Is it not as good as the air quote real thing? Is it? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I wonder. Is it good, better, or best? Sure. I mean, it might at least taste funny. (laughs) (laughs) You don't see a lot of people up there when they have the guns on. Sure. Just sort of gobbling the... I mean, it'd be easy. Talk about... I mean, you can can work pretty hard to catch a snowflake on your tongue in a regular situation, but... Yeah, no, now these puppies on. Yeah, you just... Looks like a blizzard on the mountainside, and it's not really a big mountain. It's kind of a hill near us, but... Still, there's a ski, a ski jump or a ski hill. Yeah. Okay. So super cool. Yay. Well, I think that wraps us up for tonight. Mm. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our art and science punks community. Share with us what you've done for your holiday things or your Halloween uh, make projects. We would love to hear about them. Um, Robbie, where can the people find us online? Well, uh, we are art and science punks on Instagram. But on Twitter, we are Art Science Punks. And you can find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm. We are also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts, where, as always, we'd appreciate your kind words and ratings. Thanks, and you can reach me at our Art and Science Punks Instagram or as Kate Stenzinger on Instagram. Nice. You got all those Instagrams. I have, uh, well, I'm Rob Stenzinger on Instagram. And uh, even in the town that I think of as having some uh, frequently inclement weather, which is Twitter. Twitter town. You're Rob Stenzinger there. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Keep building, making, and sharing. I'm trying to read your face. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm good. I'm, yeah, this is. It's nice to come back and, and, and I record. I like recording with you. Yeah, I like it too. And we've had, uh, I forgot to bring it up. I mean, it's, it's just been, you know, this we did one podcast last month. I know. Well, it's because we were making stuff. <laughs> that does explain. I mean, honestly, there's literal cause and effect here. Like, yes. <laughs> that is the, our secret to less podcasts was more Halloween props. A lot of Halloween props. Yeah. What else is up? I'm trying to think of something funny to say. How do you feel about uh, Spirit Halloween? I didn't mention them, and I'm not going to do. I have no comment. Feelings and thoughts about them are silent. <laughs>